Welcome to A Look In. We are three women who are having a casual chat today about what's happening in the world around us and we have a look in to see if Jesus is relevant to it at all. Today you're joined by me, Anna Beaver. And me, Laura Southam. And me, Alice Triggs. And today we're going to talk about Andrew Tate. Interesting. And on a very different note, (laughs) we will talk about wellness. Yes. But to start off with the more controversial and quite frankly um, disturbing at times um, conversation around Andrew Tate, um, you might not have heard very much about him, but um, yeah, he's taken social media by by storm. I, I have to admit that it hasn't really been dominating my personal feeds, but I think the issue has been um, a lot of young men have been receiving a lot of Andrew Tate content. And he's been um, talking a lot about a really low view of women, a really um, what we might call toxic view of masculinity and really encouraging a cult following, posting really outrageous and controversial things online. And I think the disturbing thing is the amount of traction and people following that and the reposting that's yeah. been happening. Would you want to clarify anything about that? Well, I was going to say, because I feel similar to you, and I wonder if this is one of those days when the algorithm's working in our favour, um, that maybe we're not quite the target audience. It's not coming up. Can you give us like some brief details about just who this guy is? Yes, well, um, he was, I think, a big brother um, contestant many years ago and also some kind of sports person. I think a kickboxer maybe. A kickboxer, yeah. yep, yep. <laughs> um, and just over the years has had a lot of interviews and social media presence um, and a lot of those, um, yeah, clips and views and sound bites are the things doing the rounds at the moment yeah. about um, – yeah, as I said, things about women and um, I guess the ideal life, how to make money. He started an academy called Hustlers University, kind right. of motivational, how to be like me. Um, yeah, has a high view of his own um, a healthy ego, maybe we would say. It's so interesting because I hear about that and I just think, well, isn't it just obvious? Just do not pay attention to someone like this. But it feels like um, one of those moments where there's a real clash or difference of worldviews exposed because he does seem compelling to lots of people. And so maybe not in my circles does it get much of a hearing or even given any credence at all, but it is impacting parts of the community and that is really troubling yes so I guess that's my main question and the focus that I wanted to talk about today I wonder Anne do you have any ideas about why you think Andrew Tate has been so compelling that people feel like um, yeah there's something about him they want to follow well I feel really sad by it (laughs) in lots of ways I think especially like some of his ideas about men owning women which I feel like surely that's an old school idea we've all moved on from is my instinct in that. But the fact that he's so followed makes me really sad that that's like he's one of the most viral viral people ever Mm. or at the moment that I I wonder if the reason why is because people like this is a hopeful hope um, is that people want something that they hate, like are uh, people following something because they're like, oh, this just makes me angry. And he says himself that like he wants at least 40% of haters to follow him. And so his aim is to put out very controversial things. And there's people that I follow 
that I disagree with or riles me up. And there's something addictive about that. And so, yeah, I wonder if that's part of his like viral, um, the reason he's gone so viral. But I also wonder if he is filling a void that the less we've talked about gender or something that men or or toxic masculinity men kind of feel bad for being men and so maybe there's something of like I want to know what a man is like and maybe that's kind of a a gap in the kind of cultural conversation at the moment and he's filling that And I do think that some of the conversation that's been so wonderful around empowering women has given women a really positive identity, but also maybe sometimes at the expense of men, the image of men and all men kind of ideas. And that's meant that some people maybe put men and women in opposition to each other. Like you can't have a positive view of womanhood without putting men down and you can't have a positive view of manhood without putting women down. I'm not sure if that's a feature at play. Oh, it feels so complex and I sort of want to go with you, but I just really have no compassionate reading on this situation. I just think, um, I guess that's true. There is a sense that a lot of us kind of have either a longing that we're very aware of or that sort of sits deep within us to, to be helped, to be led, to be modeled to and things like that. I think um, it remains just uh, there's zero excuse for it at all. I just sort of think as a community we have to do better. I mean it is good that conversations are happening. I think you were mentioning this before, Al, like, you know, some school communities are having to talk about this now and um, I don't think that means that what Andrew Tate has done is useful in any way, shape or form, zero percent. But um, it does maybe just reminds us that it's important to have – um, big conversations about how to live well, how to grow into a strong person who has value and confidence. Um, I think he just does zero helpful contribution on that scene. In my lifetime, though, I feel like I've been frustrated by any conversation about women are this and men are this. And so as a person, I've kind of like tried to move away from some of those conversations. Maybe that's kind of with the drawer of our culture. But what do you think about that? Well, I feel torn about this because I think um, the biggest, most important question to answer is how to live a life of love really and to be kind of a human being that is living as they're meant to be. And particularly as a Christian, that's really shaped by saying, okay, you know, when I think about hearing from God or when you look at Jesus, you know, God himself, he says, look, the most important thing is to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. It's not high on the list to be like, and figure out how to be an awesome man or an awesome woman, you know, it's um, for all of humankind to share in those things. So even if those conversations are important, I just feel like they have to be relativized actually by that kind of core thing about being a human being under your creator, under your maker. And obviously a lot of people don't have that as a guiding principle, like a relationship with God or things like that. So I don't know, you know, maybe that's connected as well. There's less of a source for securing your identity without knowledge of God's love for you, his intention for your life, that your life is purposeful without having to follow an Instagram influencer to to figure that out. So are you kind of saying that really the 
primary category that you view yourself through shouldn't be whether you're a man or a woman and what that should look like. Oh, it feels so complicated because I think that stuff does matter and that's kind of how we live out our days. And again, as a Christian, I think that's a gift from God to be kind of made who you are and not to sort of um, say it doesn't matter or anything like that. But the fact that this can be so valuable and actually lead to setting yourself up in opposition to another human being also valuable, also created by God and precious and has dignity. And I think, well, that's like totally not what is meant to be good about who we are, male or female. Yeah. And maybe like inside church, I've got lots of opportunities and outside church, lots of opportunities as women to be with women, to, um, have older women that I look up to and kind of be like, Oh, like, you know, how do you do life? And, like, and I love those conversations, but maybe for men outside of church, there is less space to do that, to talk about like who you are or something deeper in that. Maybe that's a stereotype too. I don't know. Well, we're obviously three women having this conversation. Do you think your sense is that women are less focused on this question of what it is to be a woman than men are on what it is to be a man? Like, do you think that there's something that we're missing? Maybe there's a, there's a piece that we need to be supporting men in having healthier answers to that question. I've contemplated this question before and I feel a bit um, unresolved, I think, on my answer to it because there are points where I'm like, wow, women just aren't having stressful conversations about this that lead to crazy violence. Um, But then I think, no, that's actually not true. And maybe it happens in different ways. Like lots of women talk about, Um, how to be a great woman by virtue of your appearance, for example. Like that is absolutely rife in our society. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting so riled up about this whole topic today. Um, So maybe there are ways that women have that conversation, but it's different. The focus is different. The output, the direction is different. Um, Which can also have negative. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm. There can be. But I think one of the things I just feel so significantly the weight of is that um, there's such repeated – kind of threads of violence, of oppression, of undermining dignity. And certainly, you know, there's like strong, I would say fairly extreme responses to feminism and feminist discourses that say that that's a threat to men as well in the opposite direction. But I don't I don't think that's the main thrust of those kind of conversations at the average kind of person's level. But, I mean, Andrew Tate had nearly 5 million followers on his, like, Facebook and Instagram platforms. And even if he had 40% haters, that is still a heck of a lot of people who are not there because he, they hate it but because they're curious, they're inspired, they're persuaded by what he says. And I just think that's or influenced. terrible. Oh. Yeah. So our podcast, we're trying to look for hopeful perspectives as well and see if there's any kind of um, light. Do you think, like, where do we look for hope in this kind of conversation? Well, I don't think many men are listening to our podcast. And so I think that's kind of an interesting kind of gap. But I think that I want to encourage young men and young women to, and us, to look to Jesus as an example, not to Andrew Tate. Feels like my tagline of like Jesus not Andrew Tate feels like a really (laughs) simple byline do you think though that almost anyone would say pick Jesus before (laughs) I (laughs) really hope so but I think like Jesus is not doesn't necessarily say lots of things about men are this and women are this but embodies um life as a man even though in a different culture in a different time 
that I think we can learn from in the way that he engaged with women, especially showed compassion to them, showed them love, sought them out, brought them into his family, called them daughters. Took them seriously, mm. encouraged them, mm. pushed them forward. Mm. Yeah, and totally different. And I think also defied what would have been gender stereotypes in his time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Was, yeah, compassionate and gentle um, in ways that would have been characterised as feminine and caring in that mm. kind of motherly way almost. And still protected women that needed protection done. And called out really bad behaviour basically and just said that's not tolerable in God's eyes. So, I mean, as a Christian, I find that just um, a total point of clarity and um, kind of comfort and reassurance and confidence building to say you don't need to be opposed to other people but to say under God just know your value, know your dignity and that's not up for grabs. Yeah. Well, I hope that that gives us a bit of a base when we feel a bit despairing of this um, kind of conversation and character um, and also, I guess, a hope for redeeming what it looks like to be a, a, a man that follows Jesus or a woman. I feel so um, just all my emotions. I know. I'm gonna, okay, let's talk about wellness. <laughs> Why do we feel like we more? have to say it like that? <laughs> wellness. Well, do you know what? It's because it's in my mind because it came up in one of our conversations, I don't know, a couple of times ago when you talked about Anna um, wanting to have a vibe of wellness. Oh, and yeah. I feel like that's how you said it, wellness. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now that's kind of forever tied in my mind. But I have been thinking about this a bit more anyway um just because the um it's actually a little while away but spring is getting a bit closer and so um you know the days are going a bit longer I feel more like being outside and it's sort of like a season of making more resolutions and kind of you know optimism I guess about being your best self and all that sort of stuff which I think is connected a lot to conversations about wellness and so um I was interested in your take on what you think is the like traction that a message of wellness or trying to persuade people to pursue wellness techniques or things like that. Why is that so huge? Because the industry is enormous. It infiltrates so many media channels, all those sorts of things. I don't know. What do you think about wellness? I want to hear what Anne has to say about this. This is part of your aspiration, Anna. Yeah. And to be fair, I actually... What is wellness? Like what kinds of things are we talking about? Are we talking about like having lemon in your water before you wake up or skincare products or meditation or I don't, yeah, I feel like it's very slippery even what wellness is. Mm, I think it's probably all of those things and almost purposely vague. (laughs) But I think anything that makes, like I think the idea of wellness, anything that makes you feel more well than you are. More well than you are. Do you think it's about just trying to live forever? <laughs> oh, like a usefulness. Kind of. You can only well your wellness yourself until you die. <laughs> Gosh, okay. This is where we're heading today. <laughs> I've started in my Andrew stage after the Andrew conversation. We should have started with wellness. No, I'm glad we're ending here. I feel like almost the target market for wellness. And I think that's why I... I'm like, oh, this is such an interesting thing to talk about because I feel so drawn in by it that I think it's really persuasive for me to kind of always be thinking about what are things that I can do, implement in my life by make a habit of or 
um, incorporate into my routine and rhythm that will improve my general sense of well-being. Um, and that includes like my mental health, my physical health. But I think the kind of wellness space has a bit of those things of like your physical health, which is all the skincare stuff, as well as your mental health, which I think is the mindfulness, gratitude and like almost yoga kind of philosophy that kind of comes into that, as well as I think there is a spirituality in the kind of wellness industry, which also incorporates things like crystals and connection to a higher power, star signs. And so I think they're incorporated in what is well-being, which we've talked about before on the podcast, and wellness kind of taps into all of those, all the wellness industry. And then I guess the industry part of it is the money-making machine of it. That is interesting because I feel like it is just so broad and you've got um, – I, I really feel like what it conjures up for me is um, like Instagram accounts that are like coaching you through, you know, how to make the best smoothie for this kind of day ahead and what deep breathing exercises to do and what stretches. And um, I've heard other people having conversations about – beauty standards and images and how they've evolved. And we've come to a time when, um, yes, to be like skinny and have clear skin and all that sort of stuff, that is a beauty standard, but also it's about being strong. And that feels a bit connected to the wellness category as if that's a sort of more, um, moral or authentic thing to be striving for. It's less superficial, but I also think it does, um, privilege, if you're well-resourced, if you have a life that allows for this, all that kind of stuff as well. And so it's not, I don't think it's always just neutral either. Yeah. Or that if that's the aspiration to be well, maybe there's a judgment that comes with that. If you're not well, it's because you haven't invested in yourself enough or you haven't got enough wellness products. You don't believe in yourself enough, maybe. Right. (laughs) But that's not, it's more complicated than that also. Mm. But surely that is something we want to promote. Like I think surely the kind of strength kind of influencer picture, even though any influencer picture is going to be somewhat aspirational, Mm. I think surely that is there's something good about that, that we're trying to promote this healthy lifestyle, not just like a super almost anorexic model that smokes that I'm like, surely someone who drinks green smoothies and does yoga every morning. I'm like, that's we're subbing in for a better image. I maybe, but I also think it's still very self focused. I don't know. It seems like wellness is about you connecting to yourself, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but I just think it's half the picture and so much of being a full person is being created to be in relationships and connected to other people. And I, I don't know, I just think I don't feel good about the wellness kind of focus on self and um, pursuing self and your own image, your own strength, your own feeling good. Not, I mean, obviously there's definitely a time and a place for that, but when that is the driving force of your life, I think you're never going to reach fulfillment or you're never going to reach wellness because I think as humans we're created to be in communities with each other and serving one another really what if you only did wellness in community <laughs> like a commune, He's a commune. <laughs> sign me up <laughs> I mean, I think, again, you know, we've sort of said what might be encapsulated in that term or the idea of wellness can be so broad. Um, And so 
maybe, you know, there's, there's just so many different things you, someone could actually be experiencing. I think you have to acknowledge that and different like degrees and extremes to which you pursue it. Um, I guess the question is like, do wellness practices really sort of make you your best self or like who, who kind of are you if you're, um, uh, I don't know, really healthy in body, but toxic in relationship or, um, like your mental health is good, but you, oh, I mean, I don't even know. That's a contradiction. You're isolated from other people or, or something like that. So I feel like the weight of that possibility and potential as well to become very self-focused in the self-formation of being your best self. Um, and, and also the way that we talked a bit about before that, um, capitalism for want of a better word like the the way that industry has rallied around that and made it like a commodity. it's an expensive life right. like if you drink green smoothies every day for ten dollars fifty at your local organic store and you sign up to do a 25 dollar yoga class every day and buy a fancy leather bound journal i like and they're just three quick things i can think of that's expensive but you can do cheap wellness. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true because you can – it's like when people talk about um, going eco-friendly, for example, and then to pursue that you get told you have to buy a whole bunch of new eco-friendly stuff rather than be like just keep your, you know, really worn, lame Tupperware container for the rest of your life. And that's like not cool. It's not sexy. It's not Instagrammable. But that would actually be good for and like less consuming and less sort of um, – so I feel like there's that as well with wellness. Like um, there's just lots of stuff that you can do that's trying to take care of yourself, trying to acknowledge what your created body needs and benefits from without it being um, a gimmick or – you know, yeah, consumerist. But what I think is really interesting about the wellness kind of thing, without some of this wellness baggage, let's call it, <laughs> is I think there's something, and maybe this is how we connect to the Andrew Tate stuff, is I think there is a gap. Now kind of religion is more sidelined in society. People are looking for something to connect with or something to figure out who to be and how to do life like I think especially the idea of gratitude and writing down like your count your blessings is like often the instagrammable version is such a Christian idea that I'm like oh like God from the beginning of time has been like suggesting to humanity to give him gratitude for what he has given them, which is in the Christian worldview, everything, every breath we have, that I'm like, oh, gratitude has now become like a marketable wellness thing. But I'm like that the essence of that is Christian or the idea of connecting to a higher being, Christian kind of essence or the idea of your body's important and so look after it, Christian like connection. And so I think... Maybe that's what really draws me to it as well. And I think all of society that has removed religion, that there still there seems to be like a gap that people are looking for to kind of connect. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, that actually really resonates with me because it makes me think of um, where you've got something that is good and reflective of how God has made the world in its beauty, in its wonder, its intricacy, its, you know, majesty. And we can see that and whether you're actually looking to God or not in his kindness, that's just available to so many to see. And so I think a lot of those things are true that 
God made our bodies so that they they do matter. They're wonderful. We should appreciate them. He teaches us how to care for them. Um, but I think there's a difference between when that's your ultimate, when you say this will fulfill me, this will shape my life, rather than relativizing it and saying actually being well is a whole picture and that also means being well like towards God, to, to know him, to listen to him, to hear his love for me and all those things as well and that it becomes part of the picture. So I do think wellness is intriguing in that way because it's trying to tap into like what is given to us to know about, um, you know, following in the patterns of what's good for us and all that. And as a Christian I think that starts with God and this is one of the good gifts that he gives us and that is great. That's precious. But your rewrite of that is let it start with God, not let it start with Instagram. That's a good summary. I love that. <laughs> and I guess the other question just to ask another way of putting that is um, what is the solution? How do you feel that recognizing all these things about who we are, where do you go? Where do you turn? Because some people might say it's the next product. Some people might say it's connecting to a higher spiritual thing or journaling or taking care of your mental health. And I think I would say as a Christian, it's about connecting to God and you'll never quite get what wellness offers until you've come to that source. The ultimate fulfillment is in a relationship with God, not wellness that's a good well, that's the ultimate source of wellness yeah mm, that's a good helpful thing for me to keep remembering okay our last quick end of our it's not an intro question anymore it's an outro question <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um what's your excuse that you use to get out of things <laughs> this is just so incriminating we're trying to get people we know to listen to this podcast i don't know how we're meant to answer well, this i mean the thing that i thought of at the at the start is that i am quite an extrovert when it comes to it and so when i'm in a big group space I feel like I just get real high and I'm like bouncing from person to person but also it means that I'm often just leaving one conversation because I see someone else I feel like oh something else shiny like so I feel like I don't even have an exit strategy I just like walk away (laughs) just like oh sorry someone's here yeah (laughs) I feel like um I don't really know about this but one thing that does occur to me that I do is I tell people in advance I'm not staying very long (laughs) just to like minimize the expectations and because I'm way more interested I'm just saying like, oh, I can't do like a long social stint. So I'm like, just letting you know, I'm going to be out of here by nine. <laughs> I remember we went to a wedding together and I was pregnant and you're like, this is very convenient for me because I'm taking the pregnant lady home. <laughs> and I was like, I can stay all night. We can party. And you're like, no, no, you need to go. <laughs> if you're ever pregnant again, we'll do lots of socializing together. Um, Mine, sometimes it's just honest and it takes a lot for me to have an excuse not to go to something because I often want to go. That... I only when I get very overwhelmed and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's all of these things happen. But then I feel like an over need to justify. So then I tell people everything that's going on in the text and they're like, whoa, okay, don't come, (laughs) stay in bed. And that's not necessarily healthy. Or sometimes I'm just like, I'm sick. (laughs) But are you actually sick? Well, no, (laughs) not always. You're going to have to test the text from now on. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. FaceTime? Question mark? Yeah. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm actually out. Well, thanks for listening today. I hope that was an interesting conversation about Andrew Tate and we would love to hear your thoughts on Andrew Tate and wellness. Um, We actually have an email and so if you would like to email us some of your thoughts about the pod, you can email us at alookin.pod at gmail.com and tell us 
some of your thoughts. We're really keen for feedback and thoughts and questions and things you disagree with or things you want more info on. So send us an email and we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.